apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Joel Tucker. Down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is... God. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race. And the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Rister along here with Justin Anafrio. And some tough news for the Buffalo Bills today as they have lost Von Miller for the season. He had surgery on his torn ACL, and he's going to be out for the year. And I think with this move, I still think the Bills are going to win the AFC East because they got the Jets and the Dolphins at home. And, and say they, they they beat the Jets this week and then beat the Dolphins, they'd have a two-game lead on the Dolphins with three games to play. So I do think they could still win the AFC East. The problem's going to be is, are they going to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs? And can they beat the Chiefs or the Bengals in the playoffs? And I think that's the biggest issue because you saw this, this year's game with the Bills and Chiefs played. The pressure Von Miller got at the end of that game was the reason why Mahomes threw that pick, and that's and and that led the Bills to that victory. And 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 they haven't played the Bengals yet, and they're going to have a huge game in Cincinnati on January on January second. That's going to be a that's a huge after pretty much after the Rose Bowl and the after the Rose mm-hmm. Bowl. That's a huge game on January second uh, for for, uh, for the Bills, and, and that very that possibly could be for home field advantage. There's a chance the Bills could slip to the number three seat if they lose that game. So. I think they're going to still win their division. I do think it's going to be difficult for them to make a Super Bowl run, but I am sticking with them because they were my favorite to start the year, and Josh Allen is still there. And as long as Josh Allen's there, I'm picking them to go to win the Super Bowl this year. But this definitely is going to make things more difficult for the Bills, who are trying to win their first Super Bowl. Yeah, it is. You know, 
Von Miller, that veteran presence, he won the Super Bowl last year um, with the Rams. You know, that means uh, they need more from Shaq Lawson and um, AJ Espinosa. Espinosa, yeah. Um, So, you know, they they need to get those two guys getting a little better in the past. But, yeah, Von Miller's been a really nice piece of that defense this year. Um, You know, the Bills still, you know, have one of the best rosters in all football. Um, They're still right there, you know, with a chance to to get that um they get that spot for the you know the one team get home field advantage and all that so yeah you know they could still they could still definitely do that they they have you know and Josh Allen's been amazing you know I know but I I, I do think the the Bills could still find a way to get Super Bowl even with that I think I think their defense is good enough I think as they're getting more healthy I know in the secondary and all that that's gonna help their pass defense out um but I still think they're pretty good you know stopping the run where uh yeah affects them a little bit but i still think that yeah they have one of the best rosters and i think they'll figure out a way they're top five stopping the run so i think they'll figure out a way um even without von miller that they they can still go out to the super bowl absolutely and i think you know they still have gregory Rousseau, uh, tremaine edmonds matt milano uh george uh, uh Tr- Davis white jordan poyer this is still a really good defense i mean it's gonna hurt but this is still a really good defense. It's still a team that yeah, obviously is very, very capable of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, they absolutely are. You know, and again, even if their defense gives up some points with that offense, they're going to be able to score with a lot of teams. They're going to be able to, you know, outscore majority of the teams. You know, so I, I think yeah, I think you know, offensively they 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 could help their defense out in in some shootouts. Um, you know, they'll they'll have an advantage. So yeah, I think you know, so those guys like Russo will you know, we'll get, you know, we'll, um, maybe there's more attention on him now, but yeah, maybe that opens something up for Lawson or one of those other guys and they, they'll, they'll find a way. And I feel, yeah, I feel like with that Bill's roster, um, they're, they're definitely good enough. Um, stop the run again. Like even they play the chiefs again, the chiefs aren't great at, you know, running the football either, which will, will help. But, um, yeah, the, the pass rushing aspect is you mentioned there, that game gets some homes. Yeah. That, that, that could be a loss, but, um, I think they they still find a way to get Super Bowl and win it. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And now their game this week is against the Jets. This is a big game for both teams because if the Jets lose this game, they'll have no shot at all to win the AFCs. If they win, it gets close because the Bills because the Bills would only be would only be a game ahead a game ahead of them, and the Jets would have the tiebreaker because they would sweep them. But I think the Bills are going to learn their lesson this time. They're going to they're going to contain the running game of the Jets force Mike White to turn the ball over a couple times. I think Josh Allen throws a couple touchdown passes in this game. And that's why I got the Bills winning. I got to win it by a couple scores. I got the Bills beating the Jets 27 to 13. But Justin, can Mike White lead the Jets to a sweep of the Bills? Um, I think, you know, possible. I don't think it's very likely that they win this one. I got the Bills 27 to 21. Um, but last week, the Jets were the better team, the Vikings. They just couldn't finish in the end zone. They were three for 16 on third down. That's kind of the stuff that's going to get you beat. Um, but yeah, White, Mike White's got to be able to hold on the football. They can run the game. They got to do what they did the last time. Shorten the game. Zach Wilson made enough plays in that game. Um, the defense played really well for the Jets. So, you know, that same kind of recipe has got to work again. But I'm with you. I just don't think it'll work a second time. I think the Jets keep this thing close. You know, that, that team's played hard all year. Um, but I think, yeah, the Josh Allen figures out a way to win the game. And um, the, the Jets just won't be able to, uh, you know, keep up. I don't think they're going to score, you know, um, in the high 20s to keep up with Buffalo, and I think that's why the Bills won the game. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be. Yeah, I, I just don't think. Yeah, I don't think this time the, the the Jets will be able to shorten the game like they did the last time. And I think the Bills will end up having more possessions, and that will lead to more 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 touchdown pass for Josh Allen. That's why I think the Bills go to ten and three and, and win this game. Now we had t- we had two big injuries uh, last week with with quarterbacks Jimmy Garoppolo and and uh, and uh, and Lamar Jackson. But we'll start with Jimmy Garoppolo because th- this is definitely more severe, and this definitely could have a bigger impact on their team. And uh, the the Niners right now, the big question is is uh, now there's a rumor that Jimmy Garoppolo might come back for like late, late, uh, late in the postseason. But let's just say he's out for the rest of the year. Can the Niners win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G out? And I know Brock Purdy played really really well last week for the 49ers. I know he played well, and I know yeah, Kyle Shanahan's a great offensive mind. But you got to look at the record over the, over the oh, and Kyle Shanahan's time as Niners head coach. The Niners are 38 and 17. When uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter, and they're nine and twenty nine when he's not the starter, and Brock Prudy, yes, I don't mind him, but there's a reason he's a seventh round pick. So I do think there's a good chance they can make the playoffs. I mean, looking at their schedule, it's it's not easy, but it's not it's not uh, it's not uh, really difficult. I I don't it's, uh, it's not easy, but it's not it's just kind of in the middle. When you look at their schedule, they host the Bucks, go to Seattle. It's a big game next Thursday night. Going to Seattle, Washington at home, the Raiders on the road, and then the Cardinals the last game of the year at home. So the schedule is not easy, but it's not really difficult. So I do think they very easily could just scratch out 10 wins, scratch out two wins in their next five games and get into the playoffs. But I just don't think they are going to, are going to be able to make a run to the Super Bowl with, with Jimmy G out. I just haven't seen enough from Brock. Obviously he played pretty well last week, but I just don't have faith in Brock Prudy to, to win a game, to win an NFC Championship game in Philadelphia. I just don't see that happening. So I don't think the Niners can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G out. Yeah, it's difficult. I, I agree with you. I just, part of me thinks, you know, you know that, um too, with Shanahan's record being so bad without Jimmy G, you know, because, yeah, Shanahan's been really good, good offensive mind and coach, and you think he puts him in the Purdy in the best position to win the football game. You know, you know he's into all those things, but yeah, he's kind of showed up having Jimmy G behind center. Um, yeah, pretty he'd be the first first Mr. Irrelevant to to start at quarterback. So, you know, it, yeah, he I liked him at Iowa State. You know, he was really good when they had that running and going, and he'd get a rhythm. He was a good quarterback. Now, you know, obviously this isn't the Big Twelve anymore. It's you know the NFL. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot tougher now that Tampa Bay's got some film on him too. They're gonna be able to scout him more. So. Yeah, again, I think the Niners of that running game still have a chance, but in this, but you know, in either one, you know, in any playoff game, there's a good chance that he's going to have to make a play in one of those games, and I just I don't know yet if he's going to be able to make that play in a big moment, and I think that's where it's going to come down to come down to again their defense is going to keep them a lot of games, and I you know wouldn't be shocked, but I just think and you know. They're not going to blow everybody out till here to the Super Bowl. He's going to have to make a big throw at some point, and I don't think he's going to be able to to make it. And I think that'll be the difference for for the Niners. Again, I, I really like their roster. I really like their defense. It's too bad. Um, you know, I know they brought in Johnson. I thought maybe Baker, but you know, that I don't think he gets you a Super Bowl either. So, yeah, it's it's tough for the Niners. But I I, I agree. I just I don't think Purdy's going to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, if Jimmy G can't make those plays late, there's a very good chance in, in those games. That's what happened. That's what happened the last two times the Niners lost in the NFC Championship game and in the and in the Super Bowl and in the NFC Championship game. I can't see Brock Purdy making these making those plays late. And I've got a really good comment from Hector. As a Giants fan, 
I we need either Seattle or the Niners or Seattle to fold, and that's a really good point. I mean, if you look at it, you know Dallas is getting the number Dallas or Philly are getting the number five seed. I mean, probably Dallas is getting the number five seed, and then, so there's really two spots left. And if the Giants lose to Washington, the Giants would have to win two of their last three games to make the playoffs. And and I think Indy's winnable, and I think that uh, I think Indy's winnable, and I think maybe that last game in Philly's winnable if it doesn't mean anything for them. And yeah, they would need either San Francisco or Seattle to fold because if, if say because one of those two teams is going to get the number three seed because they're going to win the division. So if one of those teams folds, like the Niners or Seattle, that and and, and really all one of those teams, two teams, if the Giants win get to nine wins one of those two teams if one of those two teams is nine and eight the Giants will get to the playoffs so great point by Hector that, they, that the, the Giants definitely need the Niners or Seattle to fold yeah they do I have Seattle schedule pulled up so they got Carolina home this weekend they go to they post San Francisco in a short week Thursday night they go at Kansas City and they end the year at home against the Jets and the Rams so their schedule is not too difficult either um but yeah it, one of those two teams that you kind of need to kind of fall apart here towards the end See, I don't look good last week. We'll see what they do this week against a bad Carolina team. Um, but, yeah, the Giants, you know, tough one on Sunday there to, to tie. I know you'll get another shot at them coming up here in a couple weeks. But, yeah, you, if one of those two teams kind of fall apart here down the stretch, then, yeah, I, you're going to need one of those two teams too because it's going to be tough to beat the Eagles this week. And, you know, going to Washington, that will be a tough one. But um, I think it's possible one of those teams – Two teams could, I think, more likely be Seattle than it'd be the Niners. I just think the Niners, I still really like the Niners roster as a whole. Again, Seattle's got the problems with defense. Geno Smith's been an incredible story. But I, if any of them, yeah, one of them do fold, I think it'd more likely be Seattle. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see yeah because Seattle has still has to play the Niners they still have to they still have to play the the cheat the Chiefs and the th- the thing is we just as, as a Giant fan you got to hope they lose either either to the Jets. Or to the or to the Rams in that last game of the season, so that's what you, that's what you got to hope for as, as a Giants fan. So yeah, it, I think I think Seattle's the more likely team to fold, but really that game that, that game in two weeks is going to be a huge game between the the Niners and the and the Seahawks. But we'll, we'll talk about we'll, the Niners have another big game this week against the Buccaneers. Tom Brady heads home to face the San Francisco 49ers, and I think this is a close competitive game. But it's hard for me to take a third-string quarterback over Tom Brady, even though the Bucks' offense has really struggled. They had Brady had another big comeback uh, last week. The one thing about this Bucks' offense is they could be terrible for like three for like three quarters. And you've seen it three times this year when it gets late in the game. Brady always picks it up. That Packers game led them on on a, on a touchdown at the end, even though they didn't get the, they, they end up losing because they didn't get the two-point conversion. Then in that uh that that Rams game, they score right at the end and win the game. And then in that and then on Monday night, he had that great comeback against the Saints. So you can't count Brady out of a game. I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to take the team. I'm going to take Tom Brady here over Brock Prudy. I know the Niners defense is great, but I'm going to take Tom Brady here to get to seven and six. And I got the, I got the, I got the Bucks beating the Niners 20 to 17, but Justin can Brock Prudy win his first start as an NFL. Can Brock Prudy win his first NFL start? I think they do at the Niners 20 to 16. Uh, I see what you're saying and all that. I just, I don't know if, Tom Brady's be able to get it done against the Niners. Now, again, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, I'm surprised they don't try to run more hurry up earlier in the game to try to maybe get the offense going a little bit little bit sooner. Um, but I think Purdy makes enough leads. I think they run the ball well enough against against the Packers, I mean, against the Buccaneers this week. Um, it's at home. My problem is I just – I know Brady came back again last week and all that. I just – I don't – I'm not a big fan of this Bucs team right now. I thought they'd start getting it going – 
They really have until late in the game. And I think late in this one, Dinos had the ball. They're able to kind of run out the clock enough. And Brady doesn't have enough time to get it, you know, uh, get rally the Buccaneers to get another touchdown. So I'm going to take the Niners to find a way at home to get the win 2016. Yeah, and you made a good point about the Bucs. Yeah, if, they, if, they, if the Saints aren't stupid at the end of the game, when they're up 16-3 yeah. to three and throw the ball on third and one, there's no way the Bucs win that game. So, yeah, the Bucs, yeah. we've, we've thought we've been waiting for them to turn it around, turn it around, turn it around. They really haven't. The offensive line has, has continued to struggle. The running game has been non-existent. Brady, he's been good, but he hasn't been mm. Joe Burrow, you know, jo, uh, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, or uh, Josh Allen good. So, yeah, we've been waiting and waiting for this Bucs offense to get things turned around, and we're still waiting. So, yeah, for me, I still think this is a team that's not going to win more than one playoff game right now. I still think this team is – Brady's still good, but I just don't think the team I, – I don't think he's great anymore. I don't think the team around him is good enough. But I do think they're good enough to beat Brock Prudy in the 49ers, but it should be a very, very interesting game this week. But we got to get to another quarterback who got hurt on Sunday, and that's Lamar Jackson. And the, he's going to be out one to three weeks. And the big question is, is can the Ravens still win the division with Lamar out? for the next two to three weeks. And I'm going to say no, because they have two divisional games on the road. I know Pittsburgh and Cleveland aren't great, but they're still in playoff contention. And obviously Cleveland got Sean Watson back, even though he didn't look good at all in his first game in Houston. But I think you're looking at, looking at Baltimore schedule, you got Pittsburgh twice, Cleveland and Cincinnati. I, I, I don't think they could still win the division, not with the way Cincinnati's playing. I think Cincinnati's going to repeat in the division I, I think the Ravens, you know, in the th- say Lamar's out for three games, I think the best they're going to do is two and one. I just don't think they can win all three games. And there's a very good chance, you know, playing the, at the Steelers, at the Browns and the Falcons, that they, they could go one and two. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they win the division either yet. The Bengals have been playing really good football right now that, that, that you know, uh, they're starting to get in, in rhythm. And yeah, you know, I know Pitt hasn't been great, but again, they found a way again last week to win. That defense is going to make it, you know, very hard on Tyler Huntley. You know, they struggled last week. And I know Denver's defense is pretty good. But, yeah, you know, Cleveland with Watson, he looked horrible. But, you know, that it's a division game on the road. It should beat Atlanta. But, yeah, I just think, you know, with three, you know, you know, with um, three or four division games left are all on the road. And all three of those, you know, environments are tough to go on the road and, and beat. And, yeah, the way the Bengals are playing, I just right now – and. That Baltimore defense, they played well last week against Denver, but as we know, Denver's offense, just they, they can't score. I, I think Cincinnati right now is the best team in the NFC North. You know, they that, that offense is just right now in a rhythm. Um, you know, P. Ryan had a really good game on the ground. So I think the Bengals find a way to win that division. I think Baltimore's going to finish up finishing second place. And then the other question is, can the Ravens get to the playoffs without Lamar for a couple of weeks? The difference, because remember last year, they completely collapsed. They lost every game after Lamar got hurt. They, they lost their last six games. They, they finished the season on a six-game losing streak. I think the difference this year is they're they're probably going to get Lamar back for the last two games. And I, I do think w- with this schedule, I think the game against Atlanta on Christmas Eve, that's going to help. I think that's going to be a win. And they very easily could beat a Pittsburgh or a Cleveland and then they still have they still have Pittsburgh too. So they they I think there's a good chance they can go two and three in their last five. And there is also a chance they can go three and two and get and get to ten. And I think getting to 10, 11 wins is going to get you in in the AFC. So I do think they're still going to make the playoffs with Lamar out. Yeah, I think so too. And I look at kind of New England, the Chargers. They've both been very inconsistent this year. I don't really trust either team. I know Vegas has been playing well, but I, I still don't think it's just so hard to get the playoffs after starting two and seven. So yeah, I, I think they find a way. I think the Ravens will find a way to get there. If you miss a couple of weeks, they, he comes back. You know, they sh- 
I would think they beat Atlanta, even if, if it's Tyler Huntley. And then, yeah, I could at home against the Steelers, you know, they should get, but that won't be easy with that rivalry. But yeah, I think they find a way to sneak in. Um, I think it helps with the teams behind them that right now are kind of on the outside looking in just aren't, they haven't looked good majority of the year. They've been up and down. So I think that helps the Ravens as well to get one of those playoff spots. Yes, and now we'll move on to the game this week as the Ravens, the Steelers host the Ravens this week with Tyler Huntley as the starting quarterback. And I think this is going to be a defensive struggle, but I'm going to take the team. I'm going to take the Steelers here. I'm going to take the Steelers to win the game. I think that the Steelers are going to force a turnover from – I think Kenny Pickett's not going to be great, but he's going to make less mistakes than Tyler Huntley, and that's why I think the Steelers go to 6-7 and seven when they're third in a row and stay in the playoff race. I think the Steelers win this game 20-14, to 14, but Justin – can uh, Tyler Huntley keep the keep the Ravens in contention to win the AFC North? I think the Steelers. I'm with you. Knock them off this week. I got this pit winning twenty to sixteen. Um, you know Huntley's kind of a mobile guy too, like Jackson, but it just it's obviously not the same as, as um as Lamar Jackson. I think he kind of shows he didn't look great last week. You know, turn the ball. You know, threw a pick. Um. You know, can they get that running game going? But Steel, the Steelers' defense is now that they're pretty healthy. I know Watt left the game last week, but um, I, I right now that the way the Steelers are playing, I think they find a way. I think I don't think he makes enough plays as uh, Kenny Pickett does in this game. Um, I think they struggle in this one finding points, and I think the Steelers find a way at home to knock off the Ravens. All righty, so we got the Battle of Texas this week between the Cowboys and the Texans, but we we both know the Cowboys are going to win the game. I think that's pretty obvious. The big story is Odell Beckham has been there for a couple of weeks. I think Odell Beckham has been – no, I mean, Odell Beckham's been there for – sorry, he's been there for a couple of days. He spent two days in Dallas. He was at the Mavs game with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs on Monday night. Uh, I think the big question is, is how much of a difference will OBJ make if he signs with the Cowboys? It looks like it's not going to happen because they're very concerned after his physical. But the big thing is how much of a difference is it going to make? I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. I, I think, you know, him coming off the ACL, I think he'll be productive, but I don't think he'll be a humongous difference maker if he signs with the Cowboys. No, I don't think so either, especially as you mentioned, if the physical didn't go well, it sounds like mid-January, it's kind of when the Cowboys think he'll be ready. And before that, you know, how much chemistry does he have with Dak and that team? It, it, I think it's kind of tough when you get this part of the year to kind of insert somebody um, this this late, especially the wide receiver spot. But I yeah, I don't think he'd make a ton too big of a difference right now. It'd be nice to have another wide receiver out there, you know, another guy to kind of defense got to pay attention to do too but i just yeah i don't know how you know you wait to mid-january i don't know how healthy he is you know and how much rust does he have to shake off in mid-january you know because it'll be 11 months since he last played so yeah i don't think it'll make too ton of a difference if um if they sign him or not yeah i i don't i don't think it will i mean i still think the cowboys are are going to be they're, they're going to end up being I mean, at worst, like twelve and five. I mean, the games they might lose are the it's the eagle is the eagle game at home, and then the Titans game the second to last week of the year. So at worst, I think they'll end up being twelve and five. But yeah, even if he signs there, it doesn't look like he's going to. But even if he signs there, I don't think he's going to make that big of a difference. Now moving on to the Cowboy game this week, the Battle of Texas against the Texans. I think it's going to be a complete blowout. I think Tony Pollard and Zeke are going to run all over the the the, the, the Texans. I think Davis Mills is going to throw a couple of picks. I got the Cowboys winning the thirty eight to ten, and I assume Justin, you got the same. Yeah, I got thirty to four to thirteen. I don't think the seventeen points was enough. I think the Cowboys could do whatever they want. I know it was a two point game last week against the Colts, but yeah, the Dallas should win this game big. 
Um, Houston played competitive for a half last week against Cleveland, but yeah, they're off. They're just they got nothing left. I, I Dallas is whatever they want. This should be a complete blitz by the uh, Cowboys this week. All right, we'll stay in the NFC East, and we got a big game in the NFC East as the twelve and one Eagles face the seven four and one Giants. And 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 this is and, and this this is going to be a really really this this should be a this should be a, a competitive game for a half. But I think in the second half the Eagles should take over. I think Miles Sanders gonna have a really, really big day on the ground. I think the, I think there's a very good chance Leonard Williams won't play in this game, and that's gonna be a loss for the Giants. I do think this will be the best game. I think Saquon will finally be motivated. I think it's the best game Saquon will play out of the, out of, out of, uh, since the Houston game. I think Saquon will have a pretty good pretty good game on the ground. I think he'll he'll have a good game in the first half. I think Jones will throw a couple touchdowns. I think the Giants will stay competitive for a little while, but. Late third quarter, early fourth quarter, I think the Eagles pull away in this game and they go to 12 and one. And that's why I got the Eagles winning this one 30 to 17. But Justin, can Jones and Barkley carry the Giants to an upset win? I don't think so. I got the Eagles as well, 27 to 20. Um, I, I think the Eagles defense makes a difference this game. For for the Giants, you know, as as we all know, the Giants they want to run the football, you know, kind of, you know, get a lead, kind of be able to run the football. You know, use play action when they get ahead. You know, they you can't come back from behind. Um, I think that'll be difficult. Again, I think they'll have some success against the Eagles on the ground. Um, but I, I think, you know, Jones is probably going to throw a couple of interceptions. The Eagles have been really good in the back end this year. Um, and again, the Eagles, you know, they've been plus 13 this year in the turnover margin. You know, Dana Jones um, can't make, you know, can't be throwing um, interceptions this week and give the Eagles extra possessions here. You know, um, and I, I think, you know, the Eagles do capitalize off a turnover too. And I think that's why the Eagles figure out a way to win at MetLife. And the thing is, is that if the Giants want to win this game, Saquon's got to go for hundred yards. If Saquon doesn't rush for over hundred yards, there's no way the Giants win this game on Sunday. There's no, there's no chance they win this game on Sunday against the Eagles. No way. So Saquon's got to go for over hundred yards. Daniel Jones, outside of the fumble, I thought he played, I thought he played really well against Washington. The problem though was, is, the receivers, Darius Slayton, you got to catch that ball. Come on. He put Daniel Jones put that right in your hands. You, you got to catch that ball in your Darius Slayton. And then uh Ricky James and, and Saquon Barkley can't run into each other on, on third on third and three in Washington territory. And then here's where I'm gonna be a little bit critical of Dayball. I felt like he should have went for it there. I really, really felt like he should have went for it there. I know the tie does help them in terms of, of in terms of their in terms of a tiebreaker against Seattle and against the Detroit. But if you're Brian Dayball, the identity of this team, I thought in week one was being aggressive. There was, I mean, you got it was being aggressive. Twenty to nineteen down against down twenty to nineteen against the Titans. They went for it and won the game. That I felt like that, and that's the big thing about this year is building an identity. Now you not going for it there. Now where's the identity? I felt I, I thought the identity was being aggressive. That's the that's where I'm going to be a little bit critical of Dayball was not going for it there. Yeah, no, I hear you. That was that. Yeah, that was strange. I figured he was going to go for it there. Um, you know, cause it's not like you're playing the Chiefs or the Bills, you know, I know the Washington's been playing better, but it's not like you're playing offensive juggernaut there that, you know, they, I think their giant defense could have made a stop even if they, they didn't convert there on a uh, fourth down. Yeah. You know, he hasn't really been that conservative. So it, it was weird. Yeah. You know, as you mentioned, yeah, you're, you're building that identity. They've done a really good job of that this year, being aggressive and yeah, you know, and I don't know if it was kind of the situation of you know he didn't want to give him you know the short short field there and he was hoping but um uh, yeah it's it's difficult it, it was difficult call there but yeah I, I was a little bit surprised he didn't go for it there because 
yeah, he, he's been aggressive. And I think that's really been, you know, that, that I think that's really helped the team this year. And again, I don't think it'll, but be that negative going into this week. But yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. He hasn't really done something like that this year. Been that yeah. And I, it may be listen to his analytics guys who said, you know, mm-hmm. if we tie, it might be better off for us going forward. But I feel like instead of, you know, you know, getting maybe the seventh seed in the playoffs, I feel like the identity of the team is more important going, going forward. And I feel like going for it there, you know, that's the, that, that was the identity that was set in week one, going for it. Now you don't go for it. It, it, it sends some mixed signals there. No, it does. It, it, it definitely does. And I don't know if it was a little bit of, you know, they've kind of been struggling the last few weeks. He didn't want to just, you know, was a little worried that Washington maybe do, finds a way to get the field goal range and wins in and you're kind of, lo- you know, you lose, you know, three in a row and you kind of, there's some noise now about after that start, you know, but yeah, I, I think, you know, and I know they, they're, they're in position and it's something that we didn't think was going to happen this year, but yeah, still, I think you got to go for it. I think, you know, again, you get it, you know, great. You know, again, they probably get, find a way to get a field goal there and win the game. But yeah, again, I just, I don't really like playing for a tie there. I do mention, I know it does help them the standings wise, but uh, you know, yeah, it, it's, it does send mixed signals there. Cause it's something that, yeah, he's, he's been aggressive all year and to kind of pull back there, you know, in a spot. So it was a little bit, um, a little bit weird that he did it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And before we get to your team, we got to get a comment and from Hector, how different is this Cowboys team from previous Cowboy teams? Lots of talks them getting the Super Bowl. And I think I, I I don't think they're the I think this is the same Cowboy team we've seen for years. I think it's a it's a good team, but not a great team. And a team that has you know benefited from a pretty favorable. Just like the Giants, they and just like anybody in the NFCs, they benefited from a favorable schedule. And I think that fifty four to nineteen win, I think that was that, that that was not indicative of how that game was. That was a two point game in the fourth quarter, and Indy just kept turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. So I think this Cowboy team is good. But I think I could very easily see them losing in the first round again to Tampa Bay if if they get there. I I I, I or or I could see this team I could see this team making a run. But I think they're I think they're talented enough to make a run. But I think you know is is the quarterback and the coach good enough to make a run? We'll see. We'll see this year. So I think this Cowboys team. I don't think it's different from previous Cowboy teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if this Cowboy team loses in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Again, yeah, they've it's. Again, they've been rolling teams, but yeah, it's you mentioned it's just you know the NFC is not strong this year at all. You know, there's again the Packers are down. You know, every you know thought Tampa Bay was going to be better. You know, the Rams kind of you know they had the Rams haven't been good at all. I know they went on the road and absolutely throttled the Vikings, but I I I still don't think the the Vikings are a good team, but I don't think they're. I, I still don't believe that they could win a Super Bowl. I think you know. Then the Jets outplayed them last week, so I don't like their their defense that much, especially in secondary. Yeah, you know, the Cowboys have really benefited off a really good schedule. They've they've played well all year, you know, good for them. But yeah, going to Tampa, playing Tom Brady in the first round, I could very well see Tampa Bay knocking them off and being the same old Cowboys team. But again, I wouldn't be shocked to see them go through because the NFC is just so down. But as the Cowboys do seems like in the playoffs the last couple of years, they'll find a way to kind of lose the game themselves. Yeah, right now it looks like they're the second best team in the NFC. But the but the but the, the problem is is that them not winning the division is going to set up a matchup with them going to Tampa Bay. So that 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 that, def, that definitely can be a spot where they lose. And we got another question from Hector, comment from Hector. I think Minnesota is good enough to get to the Super Bowl, but not winning it. And and listen, they're not getting Minnesota's not getting any respect. And the reason Minnesota's not getting any respect is because of that Dallas game. 
but you have to factor in the you have to factor in that they're ten and two. So yeah, if if you look at you know maybe forty, the, you look at the Eagles, Cowboys, or 49ers, they're probably fourth, but they are ten and two, and they, and they have a and they don't have a great team, but they got a good team. So in this if they were in the AFC, we probably would count out Minnesota, but in the NFC, I don't know if you can count out Minnesota. I guess you can't because what I mentioned with the Cowboys is yeah, so many teams are down right now, um, but yeah, I just again I don't in the in the secondary I don't really like. You know, they think they're one of the worst teams um, passing wise defensively this year. Um, I just I think there's been a, there's been a lot of luck on their side. They found a way to win. But at some point, I feel like winning all these close games, they're going to go against you at, at some point. I think that will probably come in the month of January in the playoffs in a big spot. Um, but look, you know, they again, their offense is really, really good. But it's just that defense really concerns me. Again, I, I think, you know, Kyle's done a really good job with this team. I think he's been good for Cousins. I think he's been good for that entire staff this, in, or for that entire roster. I wouldn't be shocked to see him make the play or the Super Bowl. I, I do think they get knocked out before that. I, I, you know, I think there's some, vol- you know, I just, I think there's been a lot of luck on their side. I think, you know, at some point that's going to go against them. And the issue with them is their two losses they lost handily. They got crushed. They got crushed to the Eagles on Monday night, and they got crushed to the Cowboys. So in two of their losses, they got they got destroyed, and they've won nine one-score games. Yeah, and that usually doesn't happen. It just, you know, it, it really doesn't. And, you know, that's something for next year. Usually teams like that, they win a lot of one-score games one year. Usually the next year, that doesn't go as well for them. So, um, but, yeah, they, they found ways to win. Great for them. I just that, – that offense keep up with anybody – I just don't think that defense is stopping too many teams, especially in the passing game. All right. So now that we've been talking about Minnesota, we're going to put your team on hold and we're going to actually going to talk about the Vikings game this weekend. And they go to Detroit to face the Lions. The Lions have been red hot. They've won four of their last five games. They've been playing really, really well. Their defense has been improved. Their defense has been definitely playing better. Jared Goff and that offense has been red hot. And I think Jared Goff, that continues this week. I think he has another big game. I think DeAndre Swift. And Jamal Williams, that running game has another big game. I think this is an up and down. This game goes up and down the field, just like it was last year when the Lions and Vikings played. But and and I'm going to go with the Lions here. There's, it's, it's funny. They're a favorite. They're five and seven. The Vikings are ten and two, and they're a favorite in this game. I'm going to go with the Lions to win this game, thirty to twenty-seven. But Justin, can the Vikings sweep the Lions and get to eleven and two? No, I got. I'm with you. I'm with. I got the Lions winning to twenty-three and. Yeah, Dan Campbell, I thought after the Patriot game, I kind of rid him off, and I, I thought it would be another long year for Detroit, but they, they've they looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, for the Vikings, you know, is, you know they're eight, the Vikings are 8-0 this year, and they've scored first, and they're 7-0, and they've led a half. So they can get a, get a lead, you know, good chance to win this game. But, yeah, with their defense, I, I think Goff keeps rolling this week. Uh, Jameson Williams is – Supposed to, you know, make his NFL debut, so you, we'll see what he's able to bring to the table. But the Lions were three for sixteen last time on on third down against the um against the Vikings. I think you know that changes time. I think Kirk, Kirk Cousins makes some plays, Jeffrey Jefferson, and, and Dalvin Cook has a big day. But I think the Lions find a way um, offensively to to uh, outscore the Vikings. All righty, we'll move on to your team, and they play the Monday night game against the Cardinals, and they need to win this game if they have any hope of making the playoffs. You look at their last four games, you're playing a red-hot Raiders team on the road, you got the Bengals, you got the Dolphins uh, at home, and then you got the Bills on the road. So this team, this this Pats team definitely needs to win this game against Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. But the thing is, I don't think they do. I really don't. I think that Kyler Murray and and how I think they do take away DeAndre Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins gets limited in this game, but I don't think Hollywood Brown does. I think Hollywood Brown 
has has a big game. He goes for over 100 yards. And Kyler Murray has a has a has a, has a good game too. I think that, and I think that Mac Jones plays pretty well. But when it comes right down to the end, I don't think him and Patricia are getting it done. And that's why I got the Cardinals beating the Pats in Arizona. No, I mean, I got, yeah, I got the Cardinals beating the Pats in Arizona, uh, 24-20. But Justin, can Mac Jones bounce back this week and get and keep the Pats in the play and keep the Pats playoff hopes alive? I think they do. Twenty-two to seventeen. I got the Pats winning this one. Um, I, I think they play well enough in this game. Again, Arizona's one in ten in the last eleven games at State Farm Stadium, their home stadium. They don't win at home for whatever reason. I know they come out the buy and all that. You know, they got to fix their red zone uh, woes right now. They've been horrific in that area. Um, you know, Patricia. I again, Mac Jones. I you know I. You know, I understand his frustration with the words he kind of mouthed there after the game on the sidelines. Um, Marcus, again, like, why can't we do more creative play calls like we did with Marcus Jones? Like, why don't we try to function more of that into our offense? It, you would think it would, it shows it helps, but um, we got to be around the football this week. Um, you know, back Jones, I think, makes enough plays. I think we kick a bunch of field goals in this game, but I, I you know, I'll take Bill over Cliff Kingsbury. And again, the, the Patriots can't beat themselves. They, they that's something that they never do, but they, they've costed themselves a lot, a few couple games this year because they beat themselves, and that's not usually what Bill Belichick teams do. So it'll, it'll be interesting. And I don't know if you saw the report from Jeff Lowe's, one of the Pats writers. Sounds like it's a very good possibility Tom Brady may be coming back to Foxborough next year. So yeah, I would that's... assume if that happens, I don't think Patriots is going to be the OC. I, oh, I think Brady. Not... There's not a chance, and yeah, and you could, and yeah, there could, there could be a chance there, and and you could see the frustration with Mac Jones. I mean, I don't mind Mac Jones for being frustrated no. because you know you look at what you know what Jalen Hurts, his former Alabama teammate guy, he his team went out and traded for AJ Brown. You look at what his former teammate, you look at what Tua guy, they traded for Tyreek Hill, and 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 pretty much his team just trades a, like a third round pick to go get. Devontae Parker and the Dolphins traded him, traded him within the division. That shows you how much the Dolphins thought of Devontae Parker. So, yeah, it, it, listen, I, I don't, I, I don't mind Mac Jones for being frustrated. I think the offense, I think Matt Patricia needs to be fired at the end of the year. He's been absolutely terrible. Uh, and, and and I think the the, the the Patriots absolutely that's the first order of business. They don't make the playoffs. They need to get a new offensive coordinator. I don't think you give up on Mac Jones. I think you yeah. you, you stick with Mac Jones, even though you know there are issues with Brady and Tampa right now. Even though he won last week. But I think you stick with Mac Jones and you need to get a new offensive coordinator and maybe even a new general manager to get some players in here and, and just have Bill coach the team because I think Mac Jones has potential. But I think this year they set Mac Jones up to have a bad year. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, it, it's I, I liked how he was kind of frustrated there. I, I, you know, again, I know after the game he was like, oh, it wasn't that Patricia, but kind of matters. That's what Bill told him to say after the game. But yeah, again, it's just they, you know, I think Mac Jones out of his class could be the best quarterback in this draft class. In that draft class, Fields is I mean, pretty not, good. That's at, not saying much because this no, draft class has really struggled. Even though Justin Fields has played well, he does throw those late game interceptions. But yeah, he does have a chance to be the best. I mean, it's not even close to the, to the draft class before him. No, before his. No, it's not. But again, I think he could be a guy that could be around and be a franchise quarterback. Again, probably never going to be a top five, maybe borderline top ten. He could get to maybe. But he needs a guy around him to help him. Yeah, and absolutely, he's not gotten that help this year. It's been very frustrating again because he had he went to the Pro Bowl last year. They got to the playoffs last year, and this year it's just been a total regression by everything. And and again, you know, the offensive line they tore apart the offensive line too. You know, they got rid of um Shaq Mason. They 
shipped him off to Tampa Bay for a fifth round pick. Like it's just, you know, Cole Strange has, you know, look in the beginning of the year, last couple weeks, he hasn't been great. So they pretty much just stripped this thing clean. And Bill kind of was like, you know, Bill kind of, you know, for whatever reason was like, you know, like Mac Jones would be Tom Brady and fill every hole and make sure. And he was going to kind of, you know, you know, um, you know, fill all those holes that, you know, that the weaknesses that they have. And just, again, you can't really expect Mac to do that. And that's been the issue. And um, it's been tough. And again, I, I do, I still have full trust in Mac Jones, but um, it'll be interesting. You know, it, it, it really will. Cause you know, too, getting up to Foxborough, you know, on, on route one with that one lane there, it's not easy. Like if they drop these two out West, I can't imagine that seating last two home games. You know, I don't know how well attend those two things are going to be, especially it's Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. I don't imagine how, you know, what's the crowd going to be like, especially if you're Kraft too, because he's in his 70s. You know, as you talked about bringing a new GM here with the brand new guys, again, he's probably going to want one more push at the Super Bowl. You know, he, I can't imagine he's going to want to sit through a, a, a rebuild here. So absolutely, it'll, it'll be interesting to how the fan base reacts here these next couple of weeks. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But we got to get to the rest of the slate, and we'll quickly go through that. We got tomorrow night's game. We got the Raiders going to L.A. to face the Rams. And I think this game, I think the Raiders win this one easily. I think Derek Carr throws a couple touchdown passes. You saw Chandler Jones have a big week last week. I think the Max Crosby and him, uh, Zach, whoever is playing quarterback for the Rams, if it's John Wolford, if it's even Baker Mayfield, who they just they just claimed off waivers last week. I got I got the Raiders winning this one big. I got them winning to 26-10. But, Justin, can the Rams spoil the Raiders' playoff hopes? I think they keep it close. They got the Raiders 24 to 20. Thursday nights are always a weird week. Uh the Rams offense, you know, looked decent last week against the Cow- or against Seattle. They they you know, they didn't put so uh, you know, maybe a little progress there. But yeah, who knows who's starting at quarterback for the Rams this week? I think they keep it close in this one. I think their defense could make a play or two in this one. Um keep it in it. But that offense right now, I just I don't think they're gonna be able to to do a ton. And I think the Raiders find a way to get a win. Got an AFC North matchup in Cincinnati as the Browns travel to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. And I didn't like what I saw to Deshaun Watson last week at all. I, I didn't think – I thought he was rusty. And I just can't – with him playing the way he did last week, I don't really – I can't trust him this week at Cincinnati, a team that's playing out that's playing really, really well. Uh, I think Joe Burrow has a big day, throws a couple touchdown passes. I think he finally they finally get over that hump against the Browns. They've lost five straight to the Browns. I think they finally get over that hump. I think they force Watson to turn the ball over a couple of times. And that's why I got the Bengals winning. I got to win it by two scores. They got to win it 31-17. But, Justin, can the Browns get their sixth straight win over the Bengals? I don't think so either. They got the Bengals 20-21. to Yeah, maybe a little bit of letdown in the first half after a, a win against the Chiefs. But, yeah, I think Burrow's motivated to find a way to get this win, finally eat the Browns. Yeah, you know, Watson did not look great last week. Maybe they, they are able to kind of run the football. Their defense special teams, you know, they can make a play, you know, great for them, you know, against the Bengals. That's what they're going to need. I just don't, you know, I know Cincinnati's done really well defensively against Burrow, but I think this time around, I think Cincinnati finally figures them out, and I think Joe Burrow has a big day, and they finally, you know, get that, uh, you know, get they finally, uh, finally find a way to get the win against the Browns. Yeah, so we got an AFC South matchup in Tennessee as the Jags face the Titans. It's already been a rough week for the Titans as they fired GM John Robinson, and you know why. I mean, they didn't want to pay AJ Brown over twenty million a year. They, you know, they signed. They're gonna end up drafting Traylon Burks, thinking he's gonna replace AJ Brown. He couldn't have been more wrong about that. That's 
probably that, that was probably I think there were other things, you know, them they're, they're for the first round picks, not, you know, getting second year deals like Jack Conlon, them not, you know, them deciding to go with Ryan Tannehill instead of Tom Brady. So there's been a bunch of other things, but I think the straw that broke the Campbell's back was them not, you know, not paying AJ Brown, ending up trading him. He has a huge game last week, you know, goes for 119 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then the de- and the Titans get destroyed. But in this game, I I think the Titans win this. I think they win it. I think they get enough. They get enough rushing yards from uh, Derrick Henry. I do think they force Lawrence to turn the ball over one or two times. That's why I got the Titans get, getting into really good position uh, to win the AFC South and winning this game, twenty three to thirteen. And they, and and they're lucky they're in this division because to me they're pretenders. They're not contenders. And a big reason why is because because uh, AJ Brown is gone. And the question is for the Jaguars. Can Trevor Lawrence keep them in the AFC South race? I don't think so. I got the Titans as well, 23 to 17. Um, you know, I know he left the game last week against the uh, Lions. He's pretty banged up. So we'll see how healthy he is. You know, the, the Jaguars offensive line's been pretty good this year. Um, Christian Kirk, I could see having a, you know, he's been a nice pickup for him. I could see him in a big day against that Tennessee secondary. Um, they're, you know, in Travis Etienne, the screen game. If they could, you know, if they can rack up some yards, I think they can can beat the Titans, but I, I think they bounced back this week. I think that defense is enough, and Derrick Henry's, you know, has, has demolished the Jaguars over his career, and I, I don't think they're going to be able to do enough to keep up this week. AFC West matchup in Denver as the Chiefs face the Broncos, and I think the Broncos defense will keep them in them early, but there's just no way this absolutely horrendous Denver Broncos offense is going to be able to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's why I got the Chiefs winning this one going away 27-9, to and I assume you got the same. Yeah, I got the Chiefs 24 to 13. Yeah, that Denver in two games this year, they've only scored more than 20 points in, in two games in 2022, which is And they gave up a first round pick for their for their starting quarterback. Yeah, that's uh it's gonna be a long couple years here for the Broncos. And you know, it, it's and it's gonna be the same on Sunday. Maybe they could they can make a play or two against the Chiefs defense, but uh it's just their offense just hasn't been good against anybody. The Ravens secondary hasn't been great all year. They 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 weren't great throwing the ball either. So I think the Chiefs won by two scores, but yeah, this thing could be close at at halftime. We got the Seahawks hosting the Panthers this week, and I think in this game, I think that the Seahawks defense, yes, I think the Panthers will get some rushing yards because the Seahawks defense has struggled uh, struggled to stop the run, but I do think they force a couple turnovers from Sam Darnold, and I do think Geno Smith throws a couple touchdown passes, and I think the Seattle story continues. I think they they get into that game with San Francisco next week with an eight and five record with a with a real chance to win the NFC West, and I got the Seahawks beating the Panthers twenty seven to sixteen. But Justin, can the Panthers get their first win on the road this season? I think they keep it close, but I got the Seahawks as well, 24-21. You know, tough to come cross-country here. Going to Seattle, that's a tough place to win. Um, yeah, I don't trust Sam Darnold on the road here to make enough plays in this game. Um, yeah, they, they'll probably run the ball effectively enough, but I think a turnover two will make the difference, you know, in, in this game. Um, and I got Seattle to find a way, yeah, to go 8-5 and, and continue to be in the playoff hunt and the NFC West hunt. Big game on Sunday Night Football as the Dolphins take on the Chargers. Dolphins win this game. The game they're in a really, they're in a really really good spot to make the playoffs. They don't. They'll probably be fighting for a playoff spot. I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to take the home team and I'm going to take the team in my opinion that has a better quarterback. I'm going to take Justin Herbert. Two is a little bit banged up this week. I think the difference in this game is going to be the Chargers are going to score touchdowns. The Dolphins are going to get field goals. I think Tyron Armstead being out. Is gonna hurt. Is gonna hurt too. It hurt a little bit last week. Down as much as you thought it would, but it hurt a little bit last week as Nick Bosa had three sacks. I think that I think that the Chargers pull this one out. I got them winning it 23, 28 to twenty three over the Dolphins. But Justin, can the Dolph can Tua get the Dolphins back on track and get them to nine and four? 
I think they do. I got the Dolphins, you know, getting getting a win this week, 27 to 23. Um, I, you know, the turnovers really hit, hurt Miami last week. Yeah, you know, two has got to be, you know, through three interceptions last week. Um, that's got to be better. I think they run the ball a little bit better than the, than the Chargers do. And, you know, they, and I think, you know, Dolphins defense aligned get gets after Justin Herbert, as you mentioned earlier. You know, Chandler Jones finally showed up last week against the Chargers. He had a big day. Um, I think Miami's going to be able to do the same. I think Tune makes enough plays. I think, you know, Tyreek Hills, you know, makes a makes a couple of big plays in this one. And I just don't really trust the Chargers at all. They're just, uh, you know, Staley's got to go. And I, I would think Chargers are smart enough to uh, get rid of them, you know, for the future of that franchise. Yeah, he definitely should be fired if this team doesn't make the playoffs. But the final four in college football is set. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger... There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty. So the fi- on Sunday, the final four in college football was announced. I, I I agreed on all four teams the committee you know put in. I did agree with Ohio State, Michigan, TC with, with, with Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. But the order, I thought the order would be different. I thought it would have been uh, Georgia, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and TCU. I, I I would have taken Ohio. I thought Ohio State. I would have taken Ohio State's eleven and one over TCU's twelve and one. But Justin, do you feel like the committee did it? Got it right. Yeah, you know, I think they got the right four teams. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, too, that Ohio State was a three, TCU was a four there. Or, I mean, Ohio State was a four, TCU was a three. Uh, yeah, because back in 2014, it was TCU went down a spot after winning their uh, final game of the year. They so, and, and this time after they lost, they moved up, or, you know, they, they stayed in the same spot. But, um, yeah, I think the four teams got it right. But, yeah, I, you know, thought that three and four were going to be flip-flopped. 
Yeah, and I think the big question is, is did they avoid an Ohio State-Michigan uh, semifinal? And it's tough for me. I think they kind of did. I think they kind of did. I just didn't think they wanted those two to play in the semifinal. I think they wanted that to – I think they, they just don't want – because I don't think we've ever seen – if you've seen it in the national championship game, we saw Georgia play Alabama twice. So I just don't think they wanted two teams in the same conference playing each other in, in, in the first round. So I do think they kind of avoided that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they did too. Uh, um, yeah, because I, I thought yeah, after the loss, TC would have probably moved back to four. Yeah, and then you know, I know they just played a couple weeks ago. I, you know, I thought too, there was a possibility of those two matching up because, you know, they had 17 million viewers. And again, for a playoff game, they had that probably, you know, that, that rating would have been even higher. So yeah, I was a little bit surprised, but you know, um, that they didn't, but yeah, I think the committee did try to avoid that and to, uh, you know, did, did avoid that matchup, um, in the first round or semifinals. But the thing is, even if they did or didn't avoid it, it just showed you that Alabama was not close to making the playoff. I think they were pretty set on TCU being in, even if they would have lost. Maybe if they lost that game in a blowout, maybe they would have been three or they would have been four instead of three. But they pretty much thought that they pretty much the one thing that committee has been consistent about is two lost teams don't get in, and they and they and they definitely stood to that with this ranking. Yeah, they did, and I think that's good because especially the four teams, you know, if you have an option. For her one one loss or undefeated team, yeah, they should be getting in over that two loss team. And I don't care who that two loss team is. Um, so yeah, I I thought you know I was thought maybe Alabama was a sneak in here. Good, it took, I you know I'm I'm fine that they didn't hear. I know Saban was you know on all the networks trying to go with Vegas. Oh, we'd be favored against Bobo, you know whoever. But um, yeah, I think it was good for the committee that they did let TCU TCU deserve that spot because again. They go 12 and all, and you got penalized for losing a conference championship game um, in overtime to knock them out would have been really, really harsh. Yeah. Imagine if Alabama got in over them, the, the, it would be, the reaction would be crazy. Mm, yeah. It, it would be. And it, it rightfully so. Cause yeah, that, again, um, talked about it all year. SEC West is not as strong as it usually is. And, um, you know, TCU, again, Big 12 is not great, but it's very competitive top to bottom. And again, TCU deserved to get that spot. Absolutely. 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 So now we'll move on to the Heisman race. And that obviously that, that that'll be announced this week. And you got four members, Stenson Bennett, Max Duggan, CJ Stroud and Caleb Williams. And I think this Heisman trophy, I think, I think it's, I think it's an easy one. I think it's going to Caleb Williams. I think it is. I mean, that team was four and eight last year. He carried that team to the PAC 12 championship game. And if he doesn't get hurt, they're in the playoff. Because you remember, because when he got hurt in that game, that game flipped, that game turned around dramatically. So I think he's meant more to anyone else on his, I think he's meant more than anyone else to his team in college football this year. That's why my Heisman trophy pick, my Heisman pick is Caleb Williams. I'm with you. I think Caleb's going to get it as well. Uh, Duggan had a big game. Now, the voting was supposed to be in before the conference championship games, but you never know. So yeah, maybe some, because I could see, you know, Duggan, you know, with Williams getting hurt. But, yeah, Williams had a fantastic year. Max Duggan did, too. They were both phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, Caleb Williams with 37 touchdowns. Their offense was just something special all year. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate he got hurt because, yeah, they probably they probably win that game and, you know, get one of the – you know, they, they're either the three or four seed there. Um, but I also want to say this. I can't believe Hayden Hooker or Blake Corm didn't get invited to New York. I know those two got hurt. But, you know, th those two were definitely deserving over 
Stetson Bennett, I yeah, yeah. Know. Stenson Bennett is the least deserving. Stenson yeah. Bennett, I know he's been good. He's good, oh, a good yeah. college quarterback, but he is not should not be in a Heisman conversation. I'm sorry. With that defense and with that running game, mm. come on. A lot of quarterbacks can be put on yeah. Georgia and they would and they would be as and they would be as successful as Stenson Bennett. There's no way. Yeah, I would have put in Blake Corum, who 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 helped who carried his team to an undefeated season until the Ohio State game. And then you got Hendon Hooker who beat Alabama. You you, you, you cannot you cannot have Stenson Bennett being in the Heisman conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, you know, um, Bennett's been good, but yeah, you could put any quarterback back there and they're going to be successful. So, um, yeah, I, I would have gone with either one of them or Corn because I think Corn, if he was healthy, he had like 200 yards against Ohio State. Like, if they were, because again, he, the way they ran the ball against Ohio State, if he had 150, 200 yards, I think he wins a Heisman. I think he would have won it. So, yeah, I think for him not to be in New York either is disappointing. So because those two deserved it, I know unfortunately got hurt, but those those two deserve to be in there. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And we'll wrap up the show talking about the uh, the traditional Army Navy game. Navy comes in at four and seven. Army comes in at five and six. Uh, the, the, the 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 thing is here. I think it's going to be a close competitive game, but I'm going to take Army. Uh, but the big question is if Army wins, can they can they get into a bowl game or or or, or just because the bowl has been selected, that's over. Yeah, so they tried to get a waiver before because they played two FCS teams, and you can only get one win to count toward your bowl eligibility from an FCS team. So they, I think they did apply, but they got rejected. So yeah, this is it for Army. They won't be able to go bowling. So who do you who do you got in this game? Who do you got? I got Army close. I got Army seventeen thirteen, and Army's got a first round a guy that could be a first round pick in Andre Carter at the end spot at, at the edge spot. So is that, uh, is that is that his son? Is that is that the Andre Carter who played in the NFL? Is that his son? Yeah. Oh wow, oh, nice. So the guy who played for the Redskins and the Patriots, that's oh the, for Washington and the Patriots, that's his son. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so he's somebody that's been uh, a great story this year. And yeah, he's got a potential. I think since like nineteen seventy four is the last time Army's had a first round pick. So it'd be cool to see him get there. But yeah, both teams have played well down the stretch here. Um, uh, but yeah, I think Army finds a way to get revenge after um Navy upset them last year. Yeah, it should be interesting. Army Navy in Philly at Lincoln Financial Field uh, this Sunday. But that's going to wrap it. No, this Saturday. But that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with R&J. For Justin Alfredo, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking week 15 of the NFL season and any more baseball news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down. Wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley... He's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach in college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts 
and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com. 